This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, this is Ryan. This is Ben. This is Wade. And this is Steve, and you are listening to 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, training, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing, drinking beer, drinking coffee, and breakfast podcast. Hey, we're in the breakfast crew. <laughs> the <laughs> breakfast crew? Yeah. I wish that's... I could remember that in, that uh, that music. I'd like sent it with my Is this like an AM radio <laughs> bit? Uh, the breakfast crew? Yeah. No, uh, uh, it's something... Farker in the morning. It's something that uh, Blake Wyland turned me on to. It's a, uh, a telephone line that you call. Call. So you're saying Blake Wyland turns you on? Yeah, to breakfast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was conf- I was confused by it. Like, he really, he thought it was funny. I mean, it is funny. But, <laughs> but, I mean, the look you gave is like a look of concern. He thought it was funny. I think it's disgusting. You know? <laughs> so, was that uh, the look I gave? I'm sorry. Yeah, I was we reading got, my I mean, Bible while drink. he was saying that. <laughs> I need to drink more coffee. We're still at NAM. Mm. Steve is, is here finally. We've got Ben Nystrom with us. We've got Wade Burden of Beard Tone. Ben Nystrom of Nystrom Guitars, obviously. Uh, obviously, obviously, it's his so, last name. Yeah, if you don't know, it's not quite his last name. If you don't know, so then, then how do you know that he changes <gasps> a letter from an O to a U? It's true. I thought he was just trying I to make to it embrace the d- pun. D- uh, did but. you? Do you ever think about putting an umlaut above the U to make it more metal? Well, that's when the Les Pauls come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was our secret. The Explorer. That, <laughs> was, our, that was totally it, a secret. And then it will switch from Ben or from Nystrom to guitar to Nystrom. Yes, Nystrom. Guitars. There's going to be a line of flying V's endorsed by my beard, and all of them have an name blood. <laughs> I like that idea. Oh, man. So this is this is Saturday at NAM, mm-hmm. and uh, how are you guys holding up? I've got the Nambla Blues. Nambla Blues? Wait. Um, Nambla's not something I'm, you want to say that you've got. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. My brother, every time he hears I'm going to this thing, he's like, so you're going to Nambla, huh? <laughs> well, I was supposed to be leaving to go home. Today? Yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, but your flight's delayed? My flight was canceled nice. yesterday because of, was it, Jonas? Yeah, Whatever winter storm, yeah. Jonas. That is crippling. Yeah, the, the workers uh, are going home, and yeah. there's put, there are petitions now that the next one should be named Wakefield, and you know, <laughs> well, this one I think should be named Vagina <laughs> because they, people are posting like what the storm looks like over right. the whole you know East Coast, and it's it looks like a woman's vagina. Interesting, yeah. a woman's vagina. I, yeah. I, Ladies and okay. gentlemen, he has eight kids. He knows what a vagina yeah. looks like. Yeah. I, I actually I saw a picture I saw a picture from you like saw a, a picture of a vagina did you like, babe, like the, does your mom know the ten seconds before we started recording we were like deep in like a feminist conversation yeah. and now we're talking about what vaginas look like no, no I, so I, I saw this it picture from from a news broadcast from like Philadelphia or something 
and it's it's the whole Doppler, you know, the white is snow and the pink is like heavier snow and whatever, whatever. And, and then it transitions into green where it's just raining. And just off the coast of New Jersey, there were like three little storm cells that basically <laughs> like formed the shape of a, a penis. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing a weather podcast right now. So now that we've got the weather, weather slash the geography, who knows when this, anatomy. who knows when we're going to publish this? The weather's only, weather information's only good like day of. Like, look, kid, this I'm, is gonna, this could usually, be a month after. We usually, we this. try to avoid things that like put us on a ti- an obvious timeline. Aside from saying, "Hey, we're at Nam." Yeah. Well, so, you guys are talking about what the weather looks like, not when the weather. That's is. true. That's true. But you know, a month from now, the weather's not going to look like a vagina anymore. Yeah. So. Don't call her Mother Nature for nothing. People are going <laughs> to people are going to hear this. They're going to run outside, look up in the sky, and they're not going to see a vagina. So what they're I'm hearing be is you have a bunch of twelve year olds listen to your podcast. Gosh, I hope so. That'd be so great. Uh, and we're back at Nambla. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> It's an obvious joke. What are you going to do? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know if you guys can tell, but my voice is shot after just two days of Nam. I'm just destroyed. We kind of discussed this uh, when we were planning this, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to come up till Saturday. It it was like, basically, you're getting like the relief pitcher. Yeah. Like on like two days in, you're getting you're getting the backup. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is the podcast featuring beard tone and nonstrom guitars. (laughs) Is going to be second rate. <laughs> it seems about right. Sorry, it seems about sorry, right. we didn't. I'm always second place. Oh my gosh! Or, we're, we're actually going to we're actually going to triage all of these episodes by Instagram followers. Mm. Um, starting with the at the end of the month, so basically February first, we're going to go on the Instagrams of every single guest we have, and we're going to release them from like most Instagram to least Instagram. I am not following you. I have no that's, idea what you're saying. This is getting meta. He's very funny. like, yeah. this is podcasting for yeah, podcasters by podcasters. Where we talk about microphones and weather. Let's talk about gear. Let's talk about what's happening at NAM. Dude, we've all been around so much gear, we don't even pay attention anymore. We I just know. walk around and tell dick and fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in this room Pretty except much. for Steve is, is completely sick of Wait, guitars at this point. we really don't point. talk about gear a lot, do we? No. Nope. Yeah, we really don't. Well, here's the thing, and I don't know if you guys will find this legitimately interesting or not, but if you hang around gear a whole lot, yeah. and it's all very good gear, everything I see uh-huh. is the absolute best that's out there, so it's all very good. Yeah. And there's only so yeah. much to say, and when you're kind of done telling it, like, you pick what works for you, you pick what's good, awesome, but I'd rather, like, it becomes about the relationships. I'd rather hang out with Ben totally. or Chris Benson or Adam yeah. from Satellite than I would play every single thing that comes out. Totally. It's really freaking the same. I think that's ultimately going to be, like, the long-term undoing of our podcast is we're always saying, like, hey, find the stuff that works for you, find the stuff that, like, gets your sound, and then just, like, maximize it. And eventually, we're just going to have a bunch of people who are like, I don't need to listen to you guys anymore because I've already taken your advice. <laughs> well, 100%, guys, before you sign off on 60 Cycle and you leave them alone forever to cry, uh-huh. uh, really, it's you. all the bands that you listen to, all the bands that you've ever loved are playing boss pedals yep. through... I don't know, 80s marshals or something. Totally. You don't need the newest, best thing out there. What you need is a willingness to go do some work. Of course. 
Of course. Dude, you're totally fucking with my business model. <laughs> now, let me explain to you what why you a master guitar is need, different. <laughs> what you absolutely need is maximum three boss pedals, tuner included, an 80s Marshall, and a Nystrom guitar. Every, that's, that's, every Nystrom guitar. That's Nystrom. all you need. <laughs> Guys, I play the nicest freaking stuff. Right. And you should, too. <laughs> right, Keep right. us in business. <laughs> now, we were talking with, with uh, Lance. Just don't let that be the focus. We were talking with Lance Seymour of, of Gear Talk yesterday. And we were we were both came to the conclusion like because we're both demo guys we have closets full of pedals and all the stuff that we could use every time you know when you actually put your board together like oh I've got these four pedals that actually do the thing that I need to do and when I'm playing like I'm not thinking about the other pedals I'm using the ones that I've got and they work just fine it's like you don't need to like none of us need any of this stuff. But it's it's fun. It you absolutely know? is, and it's yeah. it's it's like baseball cards, you know. Yep. Yeah, it's like adult Legos. <laughs> totally. But, no, I've said me, that before. I don't remember where, but I said they're yeah. like adult Legos. But just to be fair to the listeners, they may not have a closet full of gear, and they are looking for some of the best stuff out there, yeah. which is awesome. We want to help you find that, of course. But don't feel like because every week we tell you this is the best thing ever that you have to have every piece. Right. I started doing demos with a two hundred dollar Silvertone amp. That somebody loaned me. Nice, like a new, like a modern silver tone. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, are you like, talking like I a mean, goes for, it goes on eBay for two hundred bucks all day long. It's a good flat sounding. Uh, it's like the fourteen forty or whatever. It goes for a flat. It's a very flat sounding. Right, amp. and so it plays great with pedals. I started doing demos. People liked it. They started sending me amps and more pedals. Nice, and you know the whole time I had a four grand like just really legit amp in the back room but it was too much power for what i was doing yeah. so was it I a diesel all, v4 of course i do all my demos with a person reverb reissue and i don't i don't ever push it to drive because i'm just like i'm going to show you how this pedal sounds yep. through a clean amp and i i run that thing at like two or like two and right. a half or something like that. Because you get it up to four and it starts to get a little bit of that fender drive to it. It's like... But no one wants to hear that. Yeah. No one. No <laughs> one's ever been like, uh, try it through a different amp because I'm getting, I'm showing you it clean and it sounds, it's got a little bit of tube warmth to it, but it's like... But people get it. People yeah, know what you don't to. need to demo this stuff through, you know, the flavor of the week amp or whatever or like some like half stack or something like that because it's like... It's for a recording for a video, you know? Most people are listening to it on their phone. Look, yeah. and we all we all want to avoid this discussion because everyone hates it and it turns into a fight that's not worth having. But if you can't make your fingers sound good without sure. an amp or some pedals there, it doesn't matter what's in front of you. 100%. That's why I never play on the demos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's totally just... It's all about scratching that itch. All these new products, you've always got to try the new thing, you know, and you can't blame people. I want to try everything. Yeah, I'm you know? the same way. I try and discipline myself and wait like six months. Like I played right. um, Caroline's uh, Meteor uh, uh -huh. this past summer. Uh -huh. And I purposely wanted to just like wait when it was released, you know, because yeah. Philippe's a friend of mine and I knew that. Like, um, you know, I didn't want, I knew he was going to be overwhelmed with orders and whatever. Totally. So then I just got it now, but I've been, you know, I've been j wanting that pedal for like ever. And uh, I love it. It's so cool. Yeah. It's, Caroline makes some really cool stuff. Dude, I want to yeah. play his stuff so bad. He's like the only company out here that I've touched none of his stuff. 
He oh, keeps saying he's going out. to send me stuff since the very beginning. Look, we're friends. It's just uh-huh. the timing has never worked out. Right, right. And well, usually we have a political disagreement somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that protracts the timeline. <laughs> right, right. I love you, Philippe. Yeah. I love your mom more. Actually, yeah, we got, yeah, we got to meet uh, I actually Philippe's met her. Mom. That's not a joke. <laughs> really? Yeah, we got to meet her on, what night was that? Thursday night? Cool. At the Coffee and Riffs thing. And uh-huh. Um, yeah, my parting words to her were, I love your son. He's the best. And she was, she was just so cool. Weird. Yeah. I was like, you could have done a better job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, actually I could have because I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, I didn't get enough stories. You know, like I didn't hear enough stories about like him growing up or anything right. that would have been probably hilarious. You want to see like naked bath tub pictures of him and stuff? No, <laughs> no. I want to hear like, you know, when he was like, you know, 12 years old and sneaking cigarettes or I don't know, you know, uh-huh. so, you know, just something, something funny that he would have done. But. So a side story, uh, Daniel Tyke of Salvage Custom, he's doing a bunch he did a bunch of hiring this last year yeah and he came up he came up with this scheme where he had like a three-part like interview structure like first daniel tyx and a scheme yeah i know right <laughs> who would have thought uh first you come and meet with daniel and then you've got to meet you know the crew and then if you pass that test then you have to call up daniel tyx's mom and set up a lunch date with her and take her out for lunch Oh my god! And she has to be impressed by you to get hired. So he did this with someone, and it completely backfired on him (laughs) because the guy called her up. He took her out to lunch. She had a great time. He had a great time, and she told this guy every embarrassing story she could remember about Daniel. That's great. And so the guy became unhirable. A lot of them too, because he knew all Daniel's dark secrets. (laughs) (laughs) So you know how I hire people? How? Do you steal from people? No? All right. Are you going to answer the phone and do your job when the phone rings? All right. Yeah. And then if they don't, they don't use them anymore. Yeah. You get rid of them. Doesn't have to be complex. Yeah. That's that's all it comes down to, man. Because if they know, and there's lots of embarrassing stories about me. Uh-huh. I'm from a family full of boys in Oklahoma. There's embarrassing I don't know stories. what that means. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> we're a violent redneck people. Okay. <laughs> What's with, what's with, maybe you have some insights into this. What's with Oklahoma being like this gear hub of a place? Oh, you're really? talking about, you know, it's a gear you've, hub. you've got Keeley and oh, Walrus. Right, right, right. Keeley, Walrus, Old Blood Noise. Um, yeah. We all know that Keeley is the grandfather. Pedal hub. Yeah. yeah. Walrus, uh, excuse me, Walrus used to be run by Brady. Uh-huh. Right. And Brady now runs Old Blood Noise, and he learned his customer service and his design skills and everything from Keeley when he worked for Keeley. Wow. So it's all probably because of Grandfather Keeley. Yeah. Right. Makes sense. Now, actually, Walrus and Mammoth are central there, and so I don't know exactly how connected they are with the Keeley Empire, but Keeley is probably responsible for think, almost everything. I think Keeley was on some other show. Talking uh-huh. about how like the guy who founded Mammoth was like one of his like former customer service guys or something, yeah. and that too. And then you know th- there's a bunch of other like killer otters out there, and uh-huh. I think creations in that neck of the woods, and you know whatever. So it's interesting. It's like a little well, pocket of guitar culture. Yeah. Well, there's nothing to do in Oklahoma. <laughs> That's what I was hoping yeah. to get at, except for be violent with your siblings and make pedals, huh? Well, listen. When I was growing up, now they're in Oklahoma City, so there's a little more going on. But when I was growing up, I'm from a town of about five thousand people. Uh-huh. There were a couple of television channels. 
Uh-huh. There was nothing to do. I basically grew up in the 1800s. I went right. I went with, hunting and fishing with, with my grandfather all the time. Like that's what I did. And then I started playing guitar. What'd you say? That's what boys should do, man. And so, you know, when you play guitar, and the bad thing is there's no teachers, so we all kind of suck. But, <laughs> you know, you got nothing to do but hang out in your room because you don't want to hang out with your parents and watch right. the two television channels. <laughs> and, okay, I'm, and this is off topic. My mom at one point decided that Wade wasn't allowed to watch TV anymore. And so I would get an hour of day, and she started watching these Lifetime movies that were oh, terrible. Uh-huh. And she would want me to spend time with her because she was kind of lonely, I guess. And so she'd be like, honey, come spend your hour of TV time watching yeah. these Lifetime no. movies. And I was like, no. <laughs> no. Oh, man. So my childhood was hell. <laughs> Only an hour of television? I thought it was bad. for. I got two hours when I was a kid. Growing, I read so much. I don't read it all now. I've rebelled. All I do is watch TV. Yeah. I need to put my kid on that track, man. All she does, like, on, well, they, I guess they went to the zoo this morning, but typical Saturday, like, she's up at, like, 8 o'clock in the morning, and she's just, like, Netflix for the first four hours of the day. <laughs> wow. And then we're like, all right, dude, give it a rest. And, and then she, like, freaks out and goes in her room and pouts for, like, two hours. Oh, my gosh. All right, so... You're raising a bad kid as well. <laughs> I, I've somehow my older child is is um, the one who takes care of raising that child and disciplining it. No, no, no. My, that is my older child, the one that watches Netflix. Oh, okay. the, she's simultaneously like super observant and like completely aloof. Right. Where like. I've actually just started like being like, okay, oh, you want to like, oh, you need to go take a bath. You need to go run your. You don't. You want the. You want a specific temperature. Go run your own bath water. Right. Like, the, this is the way the, these three knobs work for the bath. You go. You just go do it. And if you need any help, let me know. But I want you to go stare at the bathtub for five minutes trying to figure it out. <laughs> He's right. just not going to let us get away from this Nambla thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm I want to get away from it. This is ridiculous. I'm it. No, I'm just kidding. So. I want to talk about uh, the guitar you had at Coffee and Roast. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Why didn't you bring it? You, well, it's Benson has it, right? No, it's Matthews. Matthews uh, has it. Ma- sorry, Matthew Farrell. Matthew uh, from, Farrell. Okay. Oh, from uh, Alexander. Yeah, Alexander okay. Disaster. It's going on with Wade. It's what? I've it's got. Right? I've got the perfect demo amp here. I just didn't bring a cable. Oh my gosh, he's got this little. Yeah, I wish I would have brought it. I mean, I. Uh, um, yeah, it's a really cool semi-hollow um, JM style. We call those cathedrals. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's a surf green sparkle. It's got... You well, know, it's not just like surf green sparkle. It's, it's surf green with silver sparkle. Like, yeah. Like a pretty heavy metal flake. Yeah, yeah. That's it's like a heavy flake. Really evenly distributed. Like, it's really classy. That's why yeah. that sentence yeah. right there is why commas are important. <laughs> I don't remember what I said. You said it's a really heavy metal flake. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I thought about that, and then I was like, "That's, That's perfect for Matthew." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm giving you. But like, it's got uh, Porter pickups. Uh-huh. Um, he he selected those. We use we use kind of um, Brian Porter and I worked for. I mean, it was like nine months, just really scrutinizing everything that he had uh, in his portfolio, and just running through all different you know types of pickups and i think we have like 10 different style of pickups now that we uh-huh um that are quote-unquote nystrom wines gotcha that, that we you know that are exclusive to us and so we 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 try to promote that i i, I assume they go in about 80 percent of our guitars but so matthew um but he wanted a specific set from from brian so we put those in 
and uh yeah he's happy with it he uh um everybody was enjoying it yesterday so that's oh, it's, good it's stunning yeah like, thank you and that that freaking neck pocket man that thing is is brilliant I, we talked about that a little bit at the yeah. after party and just i know that you i don't know how much you want to share about how you came up with it well i mean the um it was definitely a a, a huge nod um to anderson uh-huh you know and and that was it was one of those things where um we had always, you know, kind of struggled with um, the the Fender style neck pocket. Uh-huh. Where on, you know, on the treble side, you're you would even on new guitars, you know, you would see little micro cracks and, and yeah. things from settling. It's always rough. You expect to yeah. see, you expect to see those cracks. It's like sort of just part some of people the, do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> this part of the guitar design is that just happens. I've yes. got a, a two hundred dollars issue due. Well, and that's a gr- that's a great point. You know, I mean, we are we are definitely in you know kind of the uh, um, mid. You know, we're kind of at twenty five hundred to twenty nine hundred in right. our range. So. Um, yeah, that people don't want to see that. And that was kind of what we didn't run into it a whole lot, but I had one customer that, um, you know, just demanded a, a redo um, right. because of it. And we thought, all right, we got to turn this into a positive, you know, we got to try and, um, regroup here. So I, um, yeah, so I, I was working on the design with a friend of mine, Austin Papp, and, and he was like, well, you know, you should look at this Anderson neck joint. Uh-huh. And so what we did we kind of looked at it and we shot some ideas around and basically we just kind of went for something similar but different yeah but we we knew that there was you know there wasn't a patent on it there wasn't it was yeah i kind of get like i don't always know what to do in those situations so you just want to like respect the original design of course but then maybe put your own spin on it so that's that's basically what we did and um so we kind of did the r&d and and just really focused on that that was about a year ago on Uh on developing that so um you know fortunate enough to have a cnc that we can we can do that and it's it's extremely accurate and uh, it's been a nice little feature for us um it's eliminated any of the the finish yeah challenges that we had before i think it's just so brilliant because i'll describe it for people who are listening and haven't seen a picture of it a standard you know neck pocket is basically a, a box it's a square and the neck is pulled against the inside flat part. This neck pocket is like half of a hexagon. Yep. Uh, that's right, a hexagon, right? Yeah, yes. hexagon. Yep. And so the neck, the entire surface of the neck pocket is pressurized. Mm-hmm. Is the neck pushing against the body, being held against with the screws. So, you know, I don't know how much it actually, you know, changes anything. You know, there's a lot of theories about guitar design and stuff like that. But if you're, if you think that, you know, more surface area and more pressure against that surface area of your neck with the body would make a difference in your guitar feel and sound, then this is a much more optimum design than the standard like Fender square neck joint, you know? Thank you, sir. And also, it's, a smaller neck joint in your hand yeah like you bring your hand down there and there's a lot less wood in the way and it's just really comfortable i was just so impressed like holding it and like getting my hand down there and i was a little scared when we first were developing it because i thought in that area you know it would be harder to to reach or it would be just more bulky Uh because it's taking up more sort of surface area on the back side right but yeah it it was it it, that was not the case no it's great 
I think I think it's really brilliant. So I don't think I've ever ever seen it on the Anderson guitars yet. I actually haven't either. I'm I'm rarely in the same room as an Anderson, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even I'm rarely in the same room as a Nice Storm either. But you know. When I've been in the same room as an ice storm, I'm like, oh, that guy sponsored my show a couple times. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I better check it out. Maybe if Anderson sponsors it, if you're listening, Tom, <laughs> then I'll check your guitars out more often. Yeah, I, I'm now going to get papers from Tom because of this <laughs> podcast. Maybe, uh, maybe Anderson can just send us all their leftover. Is it the bulldog, the one that they had to? Oh God! Yeah. Oh, yeah. did that happen? Like, was yeah. it like yeah. a Gibson yeah. thing or something? Yeah, they just said we're um, not going to fight it. We're just going to. It's a model we weren't selling a ton of anyway, so right. we're just going to can it. Man, that's a bummer. Yeah. Thanks for nothing, Henry it's so, J. It's so challenging in this industry because uh-huh. you know you're you're everyone's borrowing from everyone, and um, you know there's patents and and there's things, but there's not. There's just no set of rules. You yeah. Know? Right. And you really... Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I had a thought, but there's things I, no, that I, I might, I want some things that I might stay, say in private to my friends, <laughs> right? but I don't want them to be perceived as something else. Yeah. Sure, well, sure. So only like 2,000 of your closest friends are going to hear this way. So here's the deal. In this industry, <laughs> let's go with... A uh, let's go with a guitar pedal. There's only so many ways to turn a circuit on and make it clip. So right. everything is derivative of everything else. Really, we can take it all back to like three or four designs across the entire industry: amps, guitars, everything. Yeah. And that probably all goes back to some poor schmuck who was trying to build a radio to keep soldiers alive in World War One or something. Right, right. right. So. It's all a lot of borrowing, and sort of the line between borrowing and theft can be a little murky. Yeah. And it usually has to do with how that company actually conducts itself in public more True. than what they're actually building. And so I didn't want to, I was going to make a theft joke, and then I thought, oh, that's too loaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like for us as a company, I mean, we just, we try and be as, as respectful, you know, as we can. And uh-huh. just, you know, it's, you're always going to face those challenges and and i've definitely had um guys i know that have you know gotten into some trouble i mean oh, when, yeah. when we first started we got a lender a letter from fender really well i was oblivious fender only cares about headstocks right right yeah but i was oblivious to the fact that you couldn't use a, a fender headstock i mean oh I, yeah i i claim complete ignorance on and so when i got the letter i was just like i was shocked and so um i talked to some um other builders in the industry and they were like yeah you can't do that yeah you <laughs> and there's cannot people, do that there's people who do and still do right and i think they're just like you know they're just waiting for the day where they just claim bankruptcy or something yeah. like that you know like <laughs> well, when the it, lawyers come they're just gonna you know move leave the well, country that's or something basically and i don't even i'm not even gonna name the guy i don't know if we've named him on the podcast before, we don't need to but the basically there's a guy who's building fender clones and got multiple cease and desist and his this is the guy his response literally to fender every time was was f off yeah and so they stopped sending a cease and desist they just said you owe us five million dollars yeah yeah (laughs) i'd rather cease and desist yeah no kidding (laughs) 
Well, I think he, I think basically it had gone to a point where it was too late for him to cease and desist. Right. And they had to like, yeah. se- I don't know if they settled out a court or what, but he's a one, the dude was like a one man shop and versus, yeah. you know, Fender Musical Instruments Corporation. This is the guy who, who builds like straight up reproductions, right? And does Fender water slides and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, he was doing, I think yeah. he stopped doing the water slides at some point and maybe made some slight headstock modifications. Like, but that was because a judge ordered him yeah. to do it. To be fair to Fender, though, I know it's real easy to take into account the lone man struggling with no uh-huh. money, but Fender, they own a design. They've been around for totally. a long time, well, and they are right. the most generous, as far as I can tell, with uh-huh. what you can do with their product. It's, sure. Yeah, it's true. I got to, yeah, I yeah. would definitely, ch- I mean, the, the, the challenge is, is that the body shapes themselves. There's no issue there. Yeah, they're fine with that, which is So which it becomes is awesome. confusing, you know, to, yeah. to people, and then you have... Warmoths and Music Craft and all these other, you know, really big production in replace, you know, they call it replacement parts. Yeah. Right. So that makes it even more, you know, to where you're just like, I don't know, you're just oblivious. I, we were oblivious right. to it. The, yes, it's murky. Yeah. And if, yeah. if you're not completely like in the know, it's easy to do like cross a line. Yeah. I, I used to work for a t shirt company and we did like all like the department store stuff. And I was the only guitarist in there, and they started working on, like, because it was all, like, we didn't have licenses or anything. They're like, oh, let's make, like, guitar shirts. They'll just be, like, you know, there's no brand to it, and put it in Sears or whatever. <laughs> and so they started making these designs, and I was looking at them, like, guys, you're going to get sued. <laughs> and I, like, and I went through all the designs, like, you got to change the headstock, you got to change the headstock, you got to change the headstock, and everything else is probably fine. But it's, like, even on, you know, shirts and stuff like that, like, that's that's the thing that a lot of these companies really care about because the other artists in the company were like taking screen grabs of like SGs mm-hmm. and putting them on shirts after like some sort of like photo filter or something like that. Not careful, <laughs> you might get sued by ACDC too. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we skirted the line a lot, like doing doing some weird stuff. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a weird territory, you know. But it's it's. Like the electric guitar world is really tough to for someone new to come into because people, most consumers, they don't want a new shape. Right. They want a Telecaster. They want a Stratocaster. They want an SG. They want a Les Paul. They want an offset. That's the yeah. huge thing now. Yep. Uh, and anything that's outside of that too far is like, it's too weird for people to wrap their head around. And I don't think it's getting it's, better. It's getting better. And I think people are getting better at making better new shapes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's, totally. It's about subtlety and it's about taste. And uh-huh. no offense to these builders. I'm, I'm not good at woodwork, so I'm not knocking you. Sure. A lot of these dudes, it doesn't feel like a lot of these things look like future designs from the eighties. Right. Something. Totally. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's gotta have a little sex to it. It's gotta be a little mean. Uh-huh. And then the headstock has to not be giant and knobby. It needs to be right, right. classy. And that's hard to do. I'm not saying that coming up with something that's new and classy is good, but that's the problem. Yeah. yeah it, it, there seems like there's a, a definite, like, I think a perfect example really is like Swope. Uh, are you familiar with Swope guitars? Uh, vaguely. So, he, I'm not. guys, basically, mm. the guy makes offsets, but he makes these offsets that look like they they look like the cross between like a Fender Performer. Okay. And 
like if the Fender Performer would have been designed by somebody working for Ford in 1965 kind of a thing. Interesting. So it's a very, it's a new, it's a, as far as I know, oh, it's yeah, a new yeah, design. Yeah, yeah, now I'm, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I remember uh, now. It's like a new design, but it, it, there's definitely like, you look at it and you're like, this could be like a, a real old thing. And, there's and a so vintage that, aesthetic. That really works. And even, I've actually seen that a lot with like new, like some of the newer companies, um, ESP maybe a couple, or not newer companies, but newer designs. ESP a, a couple years ago, <coughs> maybe even last year came out with the stream bass series uh-huh. which is kind of their take on uh i guess like a thunderbird sort of design i was looking at those at yeah. their booth like it's it they look they look classy but it's like it still appeals to their audience yeah you yeah know? It, it's definitely like very I like ES- what you said there if you think about it <laughs> it looks classy but it still appeals to <laughs> right their it, audience. it's very well esp but when i first saw it i was like man how do I get? How do I get one of those? Because <laughs> because it's got it, the especially like the lower end models. The high end right. stuff is like quilted, is all right, quilted right. out and whatever. Dear guitar uh, builders, if you hear this, please stop making quilted finishes. <laughs> right, yeah. there's enough. Uh, there. But but like their basic LTD line looks like it's you know the the you know the redheaded stepchild of yeah of a uh, Thunderbird bass. In all the right ways. Right. Except the headstock. The headstock's kind of weird, but... I don't remember the headstock. I don't like it, but okay. I I don't hate it enough that I wouldn't play one. Yeah. I really like your headstock design, uh, too, Ben, uh, on that guitar that I was looking at. I, do you use the same headstock on everything? Or is, well, uh, That's yeah. an earlier one, isn't it? No, that's okay. the... that's the Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the headstock for us has been um, kind of a work in progress. The... Uh, you know, you know, when we first had to change it, we had more of like a telly style, right? And so then that, and, and I remember the telly style. Okay, one. yeah, and 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 you know, to be fair, we were probably doing eighty percent telly. So then when we would have another design like a Strat or a JM style, we would just put, use that for that. So in the last maybe year and a half, you know, the JM styles have really grown uh-huh. so now where it's more like almost fifty fifty. Wow, um, telly style and JM. So. That kind of morphed into the the bigger headstock, which I'm a fan of. You know, I was always I think it looks great. Man. Yeah, I really like it. Um, I'm really happy with it. So now, you know, we've put this. I don't know. It's just kind of a little line in it too to, to just get it to stand out, get it to pop. Yeah, it's got to be exaggerated. You totally. know, and that's the one thing I noticed with our our previous headstock is that it would sort of disappear. You know, you just right. really on stage you wouldn't see it. Whereas this, it just it's yeah i'm I'm finally happy with it it's taken yeah. me about two years to just be content with the design <laughs> so and that's another tricky thing you know like people if they're playing a fender style guitar no matter who they had to make it a lot of times they want that aesthetic and it's really tricky to come up with something that's your own yeah that looks good and you think it would be such a simple thing but so many companies botch it so hard like yeah. coming up with their own headstock design and it's like it's it's got to be just like a really really tricky thing it is yeah. yeah and and that was you know first of all when when we first started i was shocked that people wanted a different headstock right because my mind frame was fender 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 yeah totally i mean it was, it was really all i i mean i've had one gibson in my life that i absolutely love um, but other than that it was just all fender style so 
yeah it, it's and i knew that at, you know at some point you just have to kind of like you got to knock it out of the park with your headstock yeah you know because that'll it will make or break a, a sale because there's so many other guys out there who you know either do something similar to what you do and and have really cool headstocks uh-huh so yeah it was definitely um for me something that we just kept pushing you know we just kept pushing through so totally Welcome back to 60 Cycle Hum, the all headstock, 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 headstock talk all the time. Do you want, do we want to go back to the weather? Vagina <laughs> weather. I, I, I got a question because I've been at, at home, you know, the last two days, and the big hype machine on the interwebs right now is so is uh, the new Roland stuff. I haven't seen Have any of you guys swung up there? Mm-mm. No. No. They just re- so Roland Roland slash Boss just rolled out a twenty five hundred dollars solid state amp. Oh yeah, the Boss amp. Yeah, I haven't checked it and, out yet. Uh, I hear it's big and square and has like four knobs on the top and <laughs> a big speaker. Oh my gosh, it's got it's got one foot switch and it, yeah, it's like th- three feet by three feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the speaker. Yeah, that's the speaker. On switch. But you have to turn it on by kicking it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and the power cord plugs into the top. You know? <laughs> It's got an LED that's like seven inches wide. But it will never, ever break down. Nope. Yep. And it can also be modded into a synth drive. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the JHS mod on this amp. <laughs> <laughs> so you buy a $30 pedal and then you send it away for a $100 mod. <laughs> I heard Jeff Clemens is going to buy one of these amps and then get like a, a sledgehammer to smash it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's great. The thing that I wonder about it is because it's it's their kind of like take on a modern solid state amp with some built-in effects. I don't even know if it has built-in effects. Oh God, I've tell been me trying no. to. I've been trying to realize. Does. So what it's built on is um, it's like built it. on the Roland tone capsule technology. <laughs> uh huh. Um, Which I don't know anything about. Well, it's yeah. You know, they came out with the Blues Artist series like last year, I think. And they're these little, like, they look like tubes, which is hilarious, but uh-huh. they're these little, like, tone capsules. And you, like, you've got your stock amp sound, and then, oh, you want to sound like this artist that we brought in to to do this thing? Like, you pop in the tone capsule. So, so it was based on a gimmick. Yeah. So, th- so they sound like Muse. So their yeah. first artist was, like, Eric, was Eric Johnson. Right. Um, and then this one... For the boss one, I uh, the boss engineers did it, but it's called the brown sound capsule. So it's supposed. <laughs> oh, I wonder. Yeah. What, I wonder what it's supposed to sound yeah, like. Yeah, so it's supposed to sound, you know, like early '80s, late '70s, like early Van Halen stuff, yeah, yeah. right? Just and, cut the uh, speakers, <laughs> right? Um, well, so the bizarre thing is, I'm looking at this. I'm like, so you've got a maybe eight channel solid state head, I guess. But then you've got all these shared EQs and all this stuff, and I'm just—I just look at it. And I wonder no matter how who the audience is, right? No, no matter I how good it's, no matter how good it sounds, I don't understand who's who's the who's consumer want for it. this. Yeah. I'm tired of all this Eddie Van Halen love. I want an amp that sounds like David Lee Roth. <laughs> just, just listen to the uh, vocal only of mm-hmm. Running with the Devil. It's great on, when he does that weird oh little harmonic God. thing with his yeah. voice. So yeah. And when he blows the kazoo or whatever that is. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
all those guys made so much money and got laid so much. <laughs> you, you can tell, though, like, when he's doing that vocal, it's like so much cocaine. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> what is wrong it's with the world? <laughs> like, dude is just bouncing off the walls, oh, but it's so good. Man. It's so hilarious. Yeah, it's perfect. All right, kids, gather around for a second and listen to Daddy Beard Tone. Okay. When I told you that you could play with absolutely anything, and it was more about your fingers and your feel and making it sound like you and doing a good job with what's there and hard work, I kind of lied. Use tubes. Solid state is a sin. And the worst oh. sin of all is modeling. We're about, to, we're about to have a fight. I will win. I'm like twice your size. <laughs> Steve, Steve and I are big fans of vintage solid state. Okay. Like, here's... Like, me, like old acoustic control stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've used acoustic control on a couple of albums. You run a fuzz through it. It sounds pretty great. Uh-huh. And there is a time and a place for it. It's uh-huh. just I hate amp modeling with a passion. Oh, oh totally. I, 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 no. I'm 100% on board with that. I think there's a place for it. I think everyone who has a, a Kemper seems to love it. But, you know, when they go into studio, then they use the amp that they you know built their Kemper profile off of they don't bring the Kemper right. in yep. you know but if you if you're one of these guys it's it's all about the function of it if you're a guy who's playing uh you know outdoor shows and you need to have a bunch of sounds and you don't want to haul you know your four vintage amps with you onto you know the stage at the county fair like <laughs> all summer long you know, if you can't play everything, something like it's the right, Fillmore, then <laughs> right. But, but something you know, stuff like that has a great place. I I ran a, a Pod XT rig for a couple of years at church, and yeah, it didn't sound great. But you know, what else doesn't didn't sound great. My Praise church and worship music. My church. <laughs> My church's PA system, so no one would have been able to yeah. tell that, that what, what, are the best. what I was playing. Well, ours is from the freaking 50s or something like that. <laughs> oh going back to what I was saying earlier, is the audience never knows. If you had a bunch of box right. pedals up there, they don't know. And in a mix, they don't know. It's more about how you sound with a band. Totally. As far as uh, the, the amp modeling thing, again, a lot of what I say is kind of joking no the, that's uh, great i did a helix review recently from line six and uh-huh. that thing's freaking amazing i hate amp modeling i hate digital i am like steve albini when it comes to how i feel about right uh, you kind of look like steve <laughs> <laughs> i would like to be his friend but he seems cranky well so anyway but <laughs> but so do you the helix was awesome dude i love you <laughs> And your flaws. So the, the Helix sounded great. It really, it really did. You right. had to dial it in and work with it, but I used it to double some guitars, and so it was great. There yeah. is a time and a place for stuff, but don't let that be yeah. who you are. I, no. I have very few gear pet peeves. I think one of and one of them has for the longest time been, you know, the whole tube versus solid state discussion is never about tube versus solid state these days. It's all about, well, oh man, all I know is I started with a Line Six Spider Four Fifteen, and and, uh, the world's and, worst amp. And then and then getting a Blues Junior changed my life. Well, you went from like <laughs> you, went, you went from a an amp that was not designed to like be played outside of your bedroom to an amp that was like designed for budget stage performance. So you're already like you're yeah. talking about two completely different things. So what I'm hearing is his gear pet peeve is. The people on the gear page. Right. <laughs> the, the, the peeve is, you know, false equivalences, you know. Yeah, it, it's just the whole, like, oh, 
every solid state I amp like sucks. I, I got cool. into something the other day with a guy who was who would not buy would not believe that BB King used solid state for most of his right. career. Albert, listen to his it. tone, and I mean it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's mainly in his fingers. But when you're going to play super clean like that, like almost jazzy, and that's kind of what BB King did a lot. Yeah. Uh huh. Solid state. There's a time and a place for it. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's my just my whole thing is yeah. if if the piece if it works for you like then that's gonna that's yeah. gonna be your thing. You know, I used an acoustic 150 as a bass amp for years, and and the low end on it, like not great. I was playing like this alterna punk stuff. I don't, I didn't really care <laughs> yeah. about low end. I wanted that like yeah. mid low grind. I, I, I turned that thing up and it went. I use that same great. amp for my my surf rock band because uh, it gets stupid loud. But also, people think when they think solid state, they think of the 15 watt amp they got when they started. That's like their yeah. practice amp. Yeah, and. It's those things aren't designed by anyone who cares about amps. Yeah, or they. It's think- just a. Cl- it's just literally like a clean <coughs> stereo channel, almost with the gri- drive sections thrown on top of it. Right, or maybe they. they, so they, they, they think they think of solid state as just sterile. Right. You get like an, a vintage acoustic control amp. It's got its own character. It's not just clean. It's like it has this barky bite. You know, it's not. A sterile just clean signal going through and really good solid state is like that like i think the quilter stuff is really nice it has its own flavor is there any beer i'm out of coffee yeah in the fridge okay cool help yourself man first amp my first amp yep. oh, yeah, uh, stay for this. the crate 15 watt what's uh what, before what's when it had the actual spring in it got, i forget the, the, the model number but it didn't have like the multi-effects built into it like the crate 15 watt well, I guess now this is a discussion between me and you. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> everyone uh, left. This is now the uh, Wade podcast. Yeah. Ben and Steve went to go get some beer from the fridge. Um, what was your first amp? Okay, a guy in my church loaned my brother a uh, little Roland Cube, so a okay. solid state amp with the spring reverb, and I kept that thing around for so long because the spring reverb sounded amazing. Yeah. That being said, the first time I actually had an amp and this is what made me think of this is i built an amp out of a pvpa and oh my gosh speakers that i stole out of the back of my brother's pickup yes and i played in a band for years with that and it was you know just terrible (laughs) (laughs) we played in like drop b the whole time right right and it's all it did was bass response yeah i upgraded from the crate up to a pv bandit that i found in a guitar store used and uh, it's it's got trans tube technology in it. Ooh! I didn't know what that meant. I thought it meant it was a tube amp. <laughs> and so I saw this thing. It was like two hundred bucks at the guitar store. I was like, I'm gonna get a better amp. I'm gonna get this tube amp. And I buy it and I take it home and I look in the back and I'm like, aren't there supposed to be tubes in here? And this was before like internet was really a thing. Trans tubes. It had tubes, but then they cut them off. <laughs> oh my oh gosh! My gosh! I support. <laughs> That amp's change. Okay. <laughs> Lifestyle choices. You'll call that amp whatever it wants to be called. Absolutely. <laughs> that um, amp can be a tube amp or that amp can be a solid state amp. Right. It's none of my but, business. I've got no dog in this fight. But, you know, besides <laughs> the fact that I got fooled a little bit, that amp is a great amp for a kid playing in his bedroom who's just running a couple effects into it. I would act, The trick I would do is I would run a 10-band EQ in the effects loop. And it, it's like do any trick you want to do to make it sound any way you want, and it sounded like great. Like backflips and stuff. Yeah, backflips. 
you know, play dead. Yeah. It, it played dead great. So I actually, <laughs> I really liked the reverb on that thing too. I sometimes I think about picking up another bandit. You know, all I would do you is should. just like kick that reverb. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I miss that so much. <laughs> so I, I missed the conversation. You guys both had the same amp. No, no, we're just talking about our first uh, right, amp. First amp. What was your first amp? Um, mine was a Marshall Mini Stack. Screw you, sir. No way. So, oh, those are the solid state ones, aren't they? Yeah. Well, yeah, oh, this yeah, was yeah. an '80s. So I got the idea because actually, okay. So I watch. I would watch this video called Funky Monks. And <laughs> it's, it's getting better already. Yeah. Well, I don't know where this is going. It's the Chili Peppers, and oh, okay. um, so this is like the early '90s. And John Frusciante was like my favorite player, uh-huh. and he would always be playing one, like you know, in his bedroom or whatever. And then Kurt Cobain started using one on the In Utero tour, uh-huh. you know, and they're like this tall. Yeah, and right. it's like a bedroom stack, basically. Is, it, is that the one where it's like it's a? I mean, before they the whole lunchbox head craze is basically like a lunchbox head and like yeah, uh, uh, one by twelve or yep. like yeah, you could get like the full stack was two one by twelve caps. Well, that's yeah, I had the full stack, but see, I'm confused because you had the mini stack. I think it was called a mini stack, and then uh-huh. you had the micro stack, which was which was yeah. the which was the battery. Yeah, the okay, battery so this amp. is like three feet tall. Yeah, I can't remember. Is this thing solid state or was it tubes? Yeah, no, no, it was solid state. Okay. Adam from uh, Satellite Amps collects those things and has a ton of them. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. I They're cool. Seen, I've seen a bunch of people use them on stage and sound freaking great. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what magic they put in them, but there's yeah. something about them, right? Well, Kurt Cobain used it on yeah. the entire In Utero tour. And so. he's known for his tone. He was very <laughs> <dumb>. <laughs> he was very discerning. I mean, without him, we don't have the DOD grunge. <laughs> well, that's true. No, but yeah. You can't argue with what they were doing in the 90s with tone and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's just like, just punk rock, but like bringing it in somehow, you know? I had that and I had uh, the worm. Oh, nice. Which was about this, you know, it's like right. a foot by foot pedal at that point. And uh, I think I had a Holy Grail reverb. You got a lot better start than I ever did. And, <laughs> I, had, and, I, had, and I had a DS1 and a Big Muff. Because I, like I said, that was sort of John Frusciante's. Yeah. That was the start of his signal chain. Yeah. Was a was a big muff and a well, he had a tube screamer too. So and, somebody uh, was talking to me about Frusciante the other day, and I guess they had worked with him or something. And he had all of these old uh, uh, old Sovatex and big muff stuff, and he would put them all together. And then his yeah. guitar tech was like, he didn't sound like a guitar at the end of it anymore. And so you would just sort of like EQ the crap out of it at the back of the house, so he still sounded like a guitar player. But it would just be this like, and that's part of the reason where you get him is it becomes like this really weak sort of tone but he's right. a good player yeah know. yeah phenomenal player if that's true who knows everybody says everything yeah well, well he, he was like, one of the first people that i was aware of who had like a legit big ass pedal board right. yeah um and no buffers <laughs> no buffers. No functioning buffers. No striming. Just old EQD. Right. Era. And everyone tried their best to enjoy DHX. his performance, even though his pedals weren't true bypass. Right? Look, they just want to know if the sock is going to fall off. That's what people are there for. But, like, his replacement now, uh, Josh, I don't know how to say his last name, Noplinger or something. He used to play for PJ Harvey. But yeah, he's his, like a tech guy who sort of got the job. Yeah, yeah. And his 
board is ridiculous. It's like four boards tied together. Right. It's just it's ridiculous. Some There's of like the a, some of like the big band guys, especially where in a band like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, were musically they they cover a lot of range. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> these guys are, you know, it's it's like I hate to bring this guy up because I. Uh, the edge from you too like he's got everything in racks yeah and he's got every effect because he's just kept everything from every album he's ever recorded he's like oh on this album i used this chorus pedal for 15 seconds on this song so it's in my rack and i only use it when we play that song on the in our live show like and and he's just got like whatever like the uh, MIDI controller to switch between all of his right, racks right. and everything. Dude's but worth like, so like 150 million. He doesn't need to sell his old choruses on Craigslist. <laughs> right, right. He's like, oh, I need to sell this so I can buy another one. I right, need 120 dollars <laughs> so I can sound better at church when I buy a DL4. Guys, I really want to upgrade my setup, so I'm gonna sell all of my stuff. <laughs> Poor Dallas shoes up there, like. But then, right. like. Oh, yeah, it sounds like you know, like no one would ever do that stuff when they're in that position. But have you seen like Rick Nielsen's reverb page? No, that's a riot. I bet it is. He's got like a warehouse of stuff, and he like sells stuff. I think as because you know he's a gear guy. Yeah, a, like any of us, they probably never made a ton of money, and B, they're really not making a ton of money now, and it's a little bit of a resurgence for them. So he's sure. probably got to keep some gear cycling through sure. to keep the lights on. Sure, why not? But you know. They're a hard-working band. No, I yeah, think I think Cheap Tricks probably all right. They're probably doing it all right. Well, I, mean, I was kind of joking, but you right. know, you know, in music, we all know enough they musicians wrote a song about that, that like they're all right. The guys yeah. who we know, <laughs> I mean, you yeah, didn't even catch them. what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. I, I think too. There's. I think there's some artists that like they just they've they've it's. They just don't want to pay for any more storage facility. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know. I think there might be like a charity element to it or something like that, too. Like, that was or, kind of the joke. Know. We Somebody submitted to the show a while ago um, a guitar from um, Jeff Tweedy's personal collection. Oh, yeah, yeah. Only, like, we didn't really realize it until, like, we were mid-recording. This isn't just, like, a guitar that was owned by Jeff Tweedy. This is Jeff Tweedy's, like personal like the studio that the guys in wilco have uh it's like their yeah the loft it was the loft reverb page okay so basically everything on this page was like just personally owned by jeff tweedy yeah and he's like yeah basically like i want to put some different things on the wall so i need to get rid of these things <laughs> yeah yeah but the, the, the listing said that a guitar disowned yeah that particular one was a guitar disowned by jeff tweedy <laughs> Everything else said owned by Jeff Tweedy. Right. I want a Jeff Tweedy uh, Martin. I think those look nice. really cool. I'll never have one. But no. They look cool. Don't never say never. One. Well, yeah. Never say never. <laughs> I love James Bond movies. You do? Which one's your favorite? Oh, man. That's that, was a, that was a really hard change, too. I'm <laughs> so confused. Was there, like, roles. It's was just, there was a boom. really terrible James Bond I want, movie? That I want to talk about James here? Bond now. Never say never. Never say never. <laughs> oh, never say never? Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, never say never Goldfinger again. Goldfinger or From Russia With Love. Easily the best. Okay. Hmm. I'm more of a uh, live and let die, I think. I don't know what I would yeah. say is like my go-to Bond movie. I don't even remember the last time I watched a Bond movie because 
dude, yeah. I read the books. You read the There's books? There's like 13 books. I read them. Yeah. They're just wow. like, they're quick reads. The they're little paperbacks. That? Yeah. They're really, uh, the I, I used to read a lot. And yeah. they're really entertaining. You have to understand that obviously Ian Fleming had never met a woman based on the way he writes about him. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, you watch the movies and you get that impression too. Well, know? he's a more complex character in the books. Sure. And it's a little more entertaining obviously there's a lot of like feminism and some other stuff like or sorry misogyny and other right, stuff right. that shouldn't be in there but it's sort of a 50s action story right that all being said the writing's basically as as Bond walked up to the bar and ordered his signature martini all of the panties in the room dropped <laughs> no, he's like a, I've also read a lot of Hemingway and he's kind of like a dime store Hemingway right, not right. as good but you could, it's very right yeah. I just remember kind of I don't remember which uh, uh, Sean Connery one it is, but he like he literally like slaps a woman into like a like a a hay oh, yeah. pile of hay and then rapes her. What? <laughs> like in the movie? Oh no no! I know what you're talking about. That's not what happened at all. Okay okay, that's how I interpreted it last time I watched it. Like he hits her, she falls down, and then they do it. Like I don't even like want to that. say this on the air, but in the book it's worse. <laughs> In like, the book, it's basically no. like what a lesbian needs is a deep dickin. No! No! Kidding. This is the worst thing ever just because I was reading some... some oh uh, my gosh, some, how did we end up here? It's not Wade. Fault, I swear. You invited Wade. I read the Bible more than any of these guys. <laughs> what, what, That's your problem. Church. The worst part about all of this is like, problem. like two days ago, I was reading uh, some like formal campus survey about... How they, uh, how the incidences of sexual assault in the United States on college campuses is higher for homosexual women than it is for heterosexual women, probably because of that that mentality still persi- right. persists. Right. You're just that. a lesbian because you haven't been with me yet. Like right. that, that mentality still exists. I don't. I have trouble believing because I grew up around some ignorant people. No offense, Oklahoma. I love you, but I have <laughs> trouble believing that like there's a whole bunch of jocks out there or something and i played football who were just like well whatever a woman needs is me yeah i know right <laughs> you'd be surprised there's some really terrible people out there that's true but uh, but <laughs> I would, terrible yeah, people we know some of them coming back at that i wouldn't be surprised if uh if lesbians are more inclined to report that might be true so that could be the skew but know? this wasn't even reporting this was like just going around asking a women lot of, a lot of women don't report and don't they yeah. feel and there's and a they, guilt because of the guilt there's of a guilt not reporting feeling, they you know. mark no on a survey that exactly. makes sense yeah well that's why i was so hum, confused the, about the gear breakfast all sociology all the geography know. weather podcast <laughs> all women's issues as reported by men i know right <laughs> major experts on it. i mean i think it's important to express you know an empathy and a, a, an attempt to understand yeah you know issues that are not ours directly you know mm-hmm. oh sure and, but what's the point I think, of discussion I think it, if, yeah. yeah I think what it comes down to is if there was a woman in the room and she had something to say we wouldn't go well let me tell you my perspective on it you know let me tell you how you're wrong wouldn't slap her on the no. ass yeah. let the men talk yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it, that's I in mean, a bond movie <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those tough situations where it, for us like it's something that we care about and if you know we got an email or whatever from a, a a person who was a female in the gear industry and was like, "Hey, 
I want to come on your show and talk about gear and talk about women's issues. We'd be like, there's a woman in the gear industry? Yeah, you know, the, uh, and, awesome. and no, and that's exactly yes. the issue. Because well, actually, one of our first guests on the show was a friend of ours who happens to also be a woman uh-huh. uh, and a musician. So, you know, it's we're not opposed to it. It's, it's a tough... It's a tough yeah. market to find people in. Yeah. Well, I've I've made the point that I think in the I think there's a lot more women musicians than we're aware of, especially online. I think a, I I know that my wife does this like on different internet things like on Reddit or something like that. She'll work to come up with a username online that doesn't immediately reveal her gender. Mm. Because if you're a woman, online you can become a target yeah. to all kinds of attention that of you course. might not want yeah. and so i think there's a lot of women on the online online gear community that people just aren't aware that they are there because they're kind of flying under the radar intentionally yeah. well i used to be heavily involved with gear talk which is a very large uh, huge yeah very yeah. large community and what's I, it called it was Gear Talk. It's the first time I've heard of it. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't work with those guys anymore. I love them. Not, right. You know, just I'm doing other stuff. So I used to work with them, and uh, I, I was an admin there for a very long time. And there are women there. Yeah. But they, and there are a few who are very involved and, you know, can really hold their own. But mostly, they sort of fly under the radar. They don't comment as much. Uh-huh. And then occasionally, you'll see a woman, if it's, a, if it's an area where people can talk more freely, they'll come in, they'll observe for a while, and then they almost always leave. Now... I'm not saying anything bad about Gear Talk. This is just the internet in total. Oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. 100%. We, we've got, I mean, our our group is, I'm, I'm happy about the size of our group. We've we've passed 800 recently, and we actually got a ton of ads this week Yeah. Um, for but, our Facebook group. But of that, it was 800 people. You know, I don't know how many actual active people we have, but we have maybe like two women in the group two or three women out of like maybe the right. the 50 to 100 people who are actually active in the group well it's tough because anytime we get someone requesting to join the group and it's like a picture of a pretty girl we're like oh yeah oh spam account fake yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's a tough just, one too i tough. would sit there every yeah. day and i would search through hundreds of people requesting to join being like okay yeah you you say that you're a woman and you have a pretty girl in your photo but then your gender says or it'll say like him or something right. and you're from china and i'm like oh right man. and your account was started three months ago and yeah. you have 14 we, friends I, 14 I re- and you're a part of 14 pages yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, re- yeah. I rejected one this week that was um had joined had was had joined more groups than hours they had been oh my a member of facebook bro i want that guy in my corner we get they, they were they were like joined facebook eight hours ago member of 14 groups we get interesting spam bots on our uh, on our group because it's 60 cycle hum we get people tra- <laughs> we get people trying to sell no bike way. stuff Mm, like yeah. bicycle stuff. Check, check out this sweet bike vid, bike tricks video. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh man! So you guys started a Facebook group versus a page, which means you're smart because the Facebook pages are terrible. They're, yeah, they yeah. were worthless. And we have a page just to pop, like just to share our Instagram pictures because you can't do it to a group, yeah. like yeah. auto share it. But yeah, our, our group is way more active than the page because you can't really do anything with it. You Everyone's can't, without paying. And if I have followers, they should be able to see what I'm doing. We should be yeah. able to have a communication yeah. without me paying five bucks to make sure 14 more of you see it. Yeah. Yeah. I put, <laughs> it I put sucks. our episodes and our videos on the page 
page so that if people find us for the first time like oh here's our content you yeah. know but we don't do any interaction with anyone on the page like it just doesn't happen yeah probably yeah. like me i don't know once every three months or something i will post on the page a post that just says hey if you found our page but you haven't joined our group here's the link yeah here's the good stuff you yeah. know now, groups are great. Groups are probably the best thing Facebook has ever done. I don't go on Facebook anymore to look at anything. You're tired by, of hearing about politics so and being I yelled at? I don't go anything to look at anything my friends or family are doing. I just go on there to check in on, on gear stuff, you know? Go to the groups. Yeah, go to the groups. Yeah. That's the best feature of Facebook. The rest of it is like... No, it's a wasteland. It's garbage don't go there. Now. I just go to a couple of groups. Yeah. I, you already said that. I'm glad I, I repeated yeah. it. I, I got to read all my all, all my Donald Rodham Sanders oh my gosh. news. I don't know what you're talking about, but the, that sounds terrible. The, the ultimate political candidate. Yeah. Oh, everyone just, I'm dumb. <laughs> everyone just posts, like anyone who's like a friend or family is just posting like the same like clickbait articles over and over again. Like. I don't yeah. want to see another freaking BuzzFeed thing. And then you'll have yeah. somebody who's like trying to be like the lone reasonable person on the internet posting. Uh, <laughs> right. What you don't know is uh, Steve here is just waving his hand randomly in the air. No, there's a mirror. Well, you stretch your no, arm back. There's a mirror. Steve has to wave his hand because there's a mirror. What are you, I, a parakeet? I thought he was signaling that like, don't go here or something. Steve, <laughs> no, what he's doing, he's like, I'm in the I thought someone entered the room because he was waving. He's like, you're super handsome, Steve. Steve noticed his reflection and he couldn't help himself. He had to wave hello to himself. I love this is the worst like podcast content ever because no one can see. But yeah, Facebook. I've said enough horrible things that people are going to love this podcast. Oh, it's going to be great. We're at an hour now, so we should probably wrap it up. But this has been a ton of fun. Just. Casual chat, you know? Yeah. Some guys. Or you know? just dudes. Just dudes. Just dudes hanging out. Yeah. Chatty not wearing dudes. any clothes talking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't mention that. We're all naked. Yep. And we're all... Uh, closer lay- to God and closer to each other. We've all laid out on a, t- on a tarp, and we've just been kind of like oiling each other and massaging each other. <laughs> so are we going to do this or what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we're already there, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I am beard tone. I'm usually the wholesome one. Oh, Go find me on Instagram. I've got a website and uh, I do the occasional YouTube thing. My, are you, are my you friend also over here. Uh, beardtone.com? I you am. have that? Okay, I'm beardtone.com. Cool. And this is my buddy over here, Ben Nystrom. He makes very beautiful guitars. Oh, yeah. He's been growing his business very slow and organically. They're That's done the... very, very right. And I think you should check him out. And of mm-hmm. course, we want to thank the 60 Cycle Hum dudes for inviting us to do this thing with yeah, them. Yeah, of course. Man. Yeah. This is why we came up here to talk to people and get content, you know? This is awesome. I think uh, the listeners are going to really love this. I don't know if I'll play a song at the end of any of the content we make up here, but if we do play the song, uh, enjoy it. (laughs) Can I I add this one last little thing in? Dear Gear People, Uh remember that it's about making music? Yeah. So when one of us says, hey, check out a band, you don't have to like that band, but when like you're all devoid and there's no likes or comments or anything, it's really weird because it starts yeah. to feel like maybe you just collect pedals and don't actually. Play <laughs> maybe you just noodle. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if you're that in a noodling, you should be a chef, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Or you know, like an Italian if pizza if chef. If you're a noodler, 
buy a microphone, buy a USB microphone, plug it into your computer, hit record, noodle for five minutes, and send it to us. Oh, totally. Don't do that. Because we will play it. I will play your noodles. We've played it before. I've I've played your random noodles. I'll do it again. And and Wade Wade will tab it out. Right. (laughs) If your kid could come in the room midway and be like, Daddy, you're neglecting us. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy says you don't love her like you love your guitar. Oh, man. All right, let's, let's... Wrap this up and let's get out on the floor of Nam, huh? Let's go wreck ourselves some more. Oh my god, let's do it. Okay, all right, see ya. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying all the content that we have from Nam. If you really enjoy this and you want to hear us get more content from places that we can't do within our own city, places where we need to pay for travel and pay for hotel expenses and things like that, uh, you can help us out by supporting us on our crowdfunding page through Podbean. Go to Podbean. There's a crowdfunding link on there. Uh, you can give whatever you want, but at the $10 level, that gets you into the inner circle, and there's a whole bunch of perks and a lot of extra and early content for you there. Uh, I also just want to thank everyone who's already supporting us through the crowdfunding. Uh, you made this NAM possible. I couldn't have gone up there for four days. Steve couldn't have been up there for two days. We couldn't have had Adam up there for two days to do uh, video work. We couldn't have gotten all the amazing content that we did get without the help from you guys. It really, it really just made the whole thing happen. And it opened up a lot of opportunities for the future for the podcast. So I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, once again, if you want to support us through crowdfunding, get on the Podbean, look for the link. It's not that hard. There are people who have opted to uh, skip the crowd, the Podbean crowdfunding with a monthly payment and just give us a lump sum yearly payment uh, through PayPal, which uh, gives us a higher percentage of that money. So if, if you're feeling really generous, there's that option too. And we are very appreciative. And it comes with whatever benefits uh you donate it so consider that huh all right guys i hope you enjoyed the rest of our nam content we've got anywhere from about seven to ten things here that we're going to share with you over the next month and a half